because you're going to succeed or fail. And if you fail or don't get what you want, then you can go on to the next thing. It's saving time. Eleanor Roosevelt said, you must do the thing you fear. You must do it. I didn't run write this book. It, we're having a blast doing this. So I was wrong again from the fear. Good communication is a sport and it requires the practice and the feeling and the techniques that go in to doing a sport well. Embrace rethinking your life because if you're lucky, it's a long life. If you're blessed, it's a long life and you're going to be able to rethink it many, many times. So I've, I've learned, as you mentioned, how to say it different ways to different people. I used to be so harsh. There wasn't a need, really. Hey, guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited to be here today, and I hope you are too. My big mission or big why or big fat hairy goal or whatever you want to call it in life is to help people just like yourself to go after your dreams and create a better life. And what that means for you, it's up to you to figure out. We want to redefine success. We're here to help you with inspiration, to motivate you and to transform your life. And in order to do that, you just need to sit down, be quiet, listen, take notes, write down what's important for yourself and your life. For nothing will make me happier than you creating the life you want. This week's guest is a really amazing and cool girl. And uh, she is a communication coach and expert. She's been a professional actor for 40 years and delivers a coaching experience that transforms how an actor acts and business people communicate. Her name is Billy Shepard, and this year she even merged her presentation training methods with the virtual needs of our times and created a powerful blend of the two, training business people how to enhance their virtual presentation skills. And that's something that I've had to learn this year, and I, and I get hopefully a lot of people out there, instead of just going rogue, they have learned this virtual world because... It's quite amazing that we can sit here today and talk and discuss and share ideas. So let's welcome the amazing Billy Shepard to the I Love Success podcast. Hi, how are you? I love you already. Thank you. Awesome. I love you too, you know. Put your head in your heart. That's what my yoga yoga instructor always tells me. Oh, oh that's lovely. Yeah, so I just want to talk a little bit. Uh, obviously, we're going to get into communication and all of that. But for, first of all, Billy, where did you find love for acting and communication? What was the first moment in your life when you said, I want to become an actor? I think I was in the sixth grade and I went to, excuse my constant tissue, <laughs> happens when you get older. Uh, I went to a movie called The Miracle Worker, and I saw an actress playing Helen Keller talk about an ego, and I, I literally felt through my whole system that I, I could do that. I could do that. 
And so a girlfriend and I went to an audition. This is in this, in, I think in the, I was really young. And we went to an audition and I remember reading from the play, it was Rumpelstiltskin. It was a children's play. And I remember reading from the play, just reading the words, right? And so then this other actress, my age, went up and she just started being Rumpelstiltskin. I, she just, and I thought, oh, I've got a lot to learn here. You know, just read the word. But that was my first um, inclination that that I could do that. And and I'm I'm curious, like when when you let a career or a passion consume you, how do you deal with the outer world, relationships, getting people to understand you? And like, how have you dealt with that in your life? Because I know a lot of people, like when they do something wholeheartedly, and I'm a victim of that myself, I forget about everything else. I think that I had a, a child, I have two daughters 20 years apart, and and the first daughter I had, I would schlep her to backstage in the green room and the other actors were great. And I will tell you, it's very personal, but it's the truth. I've been married two times. I've been with this man for 22 years. We're not married. But my my first two husbands, I was married two times. And we had issues and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what issues we did not have with either husband. And that was my acting. They were both incredibly supportive of yeah. my auditioning, my acting. My they they were they were uh, they were supportive. That wasn't an issue because if they wouldn't have been supportive, I couldn't have spent time with them. I it, it was that important to me, uh, and I don't think I abused that support. I don't think so. Um, I hire very well. <laughs> I keep people, I think that's important for people that are running their own business. I hire support very well. I, I can tell who, who loves me, cares for me. Love might be the wrong word, but I, I love the word love because it's, it's bigger than, than just a certain description. Uh, I can tell who supports me. And when someone doesn't support me, that has more to say about them than me. And I've learned how to let go of certain people kindly, let them go with love and all of that. But that leaves room for more people that can support me. When I'm in touch with with my better self or whatever you want to call it, or that creative energy or that flow, or some people call it God, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. When I'm in touch with that, there's a clarity of what I need to let in and what I need to let go of. And, and the older I've gotten, the cleaner that's become. I, 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 I pay attention to it. And how do you measure success? Because a lot of a lot of my audience and listeners, you know, they have big goals. They're going after an industry where there's so so much competition, just like acting, and you have to deal with so much rejection. So it's very easy to feel like a failure. How do you measure success? And what's the parameters that makes you grow instead of feeling small all the time? Mm-hmm. Well, I sold real estate in Phoenix and Scottsdale, Arizona, when the interest rates were 
11 to 17 percent. It was crazy what the interest wow. was. It was nutsoid. And I did well. I sold real estate for about five years and then other things occurred and I got back into the acting. I had a manager one time that drew a line on a, on a whiteboard and, and above it, these, these are many days ago, the numbers are greater now. She wrote 100,000 on that line. And she said, if somebody's giving you advice and they earned less than 100,000, don't listen to them. If they earned more than 100,000 and you haven't earned 100,000 yet, listen to them, okay? And I took her at her word. And so I stuck with people that were doing it and, and doing it successfully. And, and I learned because I didn't know anything when I first started. Numbers don't lie. And especially with acting and real estate, you can kind of play it. You can kind of say, oh, I'm trying my hardest and I have a dream and I can be successful. Are you making the numbers or are you not making the numbers? And that is why I went from, and, and I start, I founded two acting academies, five acting workshops in four states. I was an acting coach and, and I was an actor for a long time. And raising this second daughter, the numbers didn't lie. I couldn't live in the Bay Area and make enough numbers. I couldn't, doing acting and teaching acting. So I looked at the numbers, it hurt. It hurt the ego, the whole thing. And I said, I, I've got to do something. I've got to expand or do something else. And do you know, that's when I got the idea. You know, these people I'm seeing in all my company, my husband's ex, ex-husband's company, they're terrible. And I can teach them how to do these presentations better. So I segued in. But for the people that are out there dreaming, I've had dreams and you got to look at the numbers and you got to you got to take the pain in and is it working after a few years or is it not working so realism becomes critical honesty honesty and one thing that i wanted to have your opinion on i i had i don't know if you know who Sean Stevenson is uh, he's called the three foot giant he passed away last year he has something called bones brittle disease so before he was 18 he, he had almost 200 bones uh, broken in his body but he he passed away last year and i i had the honor of having him on the show he's a great speaker and communicator and he said when you're preparing a speech make them laugh make them cry and then also how can i make them rethink their life mm-hmm. What's your opinion about that when you're preparing a speech or, or, or some type of communication with other people? How to what their life? Rethink their life. How to rethink their life. Yeah. I think it should be taught in kindergarten that we're going to have to rethink our life again and again and again. And it turns out that, it's a, that, that the rewards are unimaginably wonderful. But if we get into the disappointment or, or this false expectation that I'm going to make this decision and this is how it's going to work forever, 
it's going to be like a truck turning left around the corner and flattening you because things happen in life and we need to rethink our lives. You can spin, you can fight, you can get angry, you can get pissed off and resent people. And the older I've gotten and the more times I've had to rethink my life and recreate myself, because I'm a foot stomper. I foot stomped when, with this Zoom coming in. I don't want to recreate myself again. I've done it. I'm such and such years old. I've had it. I put into, and it turned out great. I've got, I'm, it, it's just amazing how it's turned out. Embrace rethinking your life. Because if you're lucky, it's a long life. If you're blessed, it's a long life. And you're going to be able to rethink it many, many times. And I think there's there's nothing wrong with changing if if you change for the better, right? I was, you know, I'm a martial artist. I used to be a world medalist. I, I've traveled all over the world competing in karate. And sometimes being a martial artist means that we have very strong character and i i was of that opinion that i should never change if i say something it has to be that way and one thing that i've realized is that there's one thing to keep your word and and honor your word that's beautiful but to decide on something without having all the knowledge or not being open to change that's a huge weakness that i had in my life but now i want to change if you have something better you can bring to the table. I want to change. Can we just address that for people that are like so stuck in their own head and they're like, this is how I'm going to do it. I've done this all my life because this year is special, right? A lot of businesses that have been thriving are dead. They're not going to exist anymore. And either we adapt and overcome or we, we die, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really true. Um, I'm, I'm wondering how personal to get. I want you to get personal. Let's speak heart to heart. Let's speak heart to heart. Um, both of my former husbands decided that they were in love with other women. They decided this long before they told me. So I, I, I felt very betrayed by the first one and I felt very betrayed by the second one. And and wasn't willing to stay with either one of them, even though they wanted to stay and have, you know. Yeah. That is nothing that you have to change. You have to learn how to support yourself. You, you have to learn how to live without this dream that you were living in or whatever. You, you have to change. There, for me, when that conflict is occurring of I don't want to change, um, that's wanting to be right instead of happy, instead of feeling well, um, that, that I need to do this or stick with this. Or, you know, when, when I gravitated away from the acting, my agent was very, very understanding. She wouldn't let me go. She still has me and occasionally I'll do something or some modeling or something. She's lovely. But the fact of the matter is when I started pulling away from acting, it was like pulling away from a cult. I'd been an actor since professionally since I left college to go act. 
And and I had this thing in my head saying, but I'm an actor. I'm an actor. How will I leave act? That did nothing but make me feel uncomfortable and unhappy and miserable because I wanted to be right at that choice of choosing being an actor. But the more I let go of it, the freer I got and the more creative I got and, and better things happened. So if, if, if the hanging on to the choice is, is making me uncomfortable or miserable, that's a big sign. That's a big sign that I'm just, I'm wanting to be right. And how do we let go of those limiting beliefs that we have when, when life is evolving? I have practices that have helped me. I have support people, friends in my life. I have a, a particular 12-step program because I was an actor. I had an eating thing. Um, and I'm still in that program after 40-some years. Um, it, there's a process of learning to recognize when I don't have peace of mind. And if I don't have peace of mind, I'm not pleased with that. And I'll, I'll meditate or, or exercise or call five friends if I need to or call my therapist. I've got a therapist on call. You know, I'll pop in, pop out. Uh, I'll do whatever it takes to feel good, to feel well. Not always happy because maybe I didn't get the gig or happy because maybe my kids are in a bad mood or something. But peace of mind, that's, that's what becomes valuable. If I'm hanging on to something because it's not meeting my expectations, it doesn't feel good anymore. So I, I let go more. I let go. And it leaves room for something wonderful coming in has been my experience. You know, there's, there's probably a lot of people out there listening right now that are, you know, struggling because they're in their, a job that they hate and they have this inner muse or, you know, urge of going after something. If it's acting, music, movies, entrepreneur, writing something, like, what do you want to say to those people that have that, they have it inside them, but that they're still so fearful that they're not talking about it. They're not sharing it with the world and they're not going after it because there's so much resistance. Boy, you see it a lot in acting and you can see it a lot in sales. You see it a lot. Um, I think when when the pain gets greater than the belief or hope, hope, um, most people will get to the real place of saying, you know what, maybe I better do a little waitressing so I can get a nicer apartment while I'm auditioning. Or maybe this acting can be put on the back burner a little bit while I get my real estate license and, and get enough built up financially. Um, it's not supposed to hurt. It's supposed to include disappointment and learning and growth and, and, 
all, all of those things, but it's not supposed to be a constant pain. It's not supposed to for a very minimal payoff. And I know so many actors that hung onto it so long and lived in a room in a house, you know, and, and didn't have any and, and devoted it all to the acting and then eventually let it go. And, and so many of them are doing so well now and having a wonderful time and occasionally doing a gig. You know, it's perspective. It's, life isn't supposed to be excruciating. I don't think so. Enough excruciating things come into our life on their own. We don't need to, to cause them. Now, that's also, I'm a grandmother, so I've been around a lot of blocks. But for younger people, it's not supposed to be excruciating. Yeah, and I mean, it's so interesting because one thing that I'm working on now is like sometimes in communication settings, when you're like in new new relationship, new business in environment, you, you tend to dance around the truth a little bit. It's almost like a first date, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that I'm, I'm learning now is to stop dancing around the truth. But what I've also realized is that I need to get better telling the truth differently to different persons, depending on who they are. Because sometimes I can, if I just say it, it could be very hurtful as well, right? Yes, that, that oh, you're, that's very um, evolved. I have to say, when when I was a beginning acting coach, I was very, very harsh, very direct. And I thought that's what they need to get it, you know, very harsh and very direct. And then over the years, of course, I learned other techniques to to um, get the same point across, more finesse, I guess. You know, I heard a diplomat talking the other day who had been caught in Iran years years ago and I beg your pardon. It's time to wake up, Billy. <laughs> and to all your listeners, see? Wakey, <laughs> um, wakey. And for people listening, it's Labor Day. It's like not even 9 a.m. and here we're sitting sharing. So I hope you take, if you're still here listening, we just appreciate you guys and just know that we... We took some time off for, uh, from our own families to be here today with you. So, Peter, I hope, hope you appreciate that. You're so lovely. I apologize. No <laughs> of course, I forgot what I was talking about. What was? Oh, wait. we're talking about finesse and oh, and. He uh, said he said he learned how to deal with the very mean guards, and and um, one of the one of the leaders came to visit him in the prison, and he said. I cut off his head with cotton and I thought, oh, that's terrible. But then I realized when he told the experience, how gently he had said to the person and basically just nailed them. So I've, I've learned, as you mentioned, how to say it different ways to different people. I used to be so harsh. There wasn't a need really. <laughs> I apologize if you're out there. <laughs> I think it's called passion in a way. My father is my sensei, my karate coach, and he's he's very strong and direct. But I think as as you evolve, as he's getting older now and we're getting kind of nicer, but he still has that hard kind of it tells tells it like it is, and I don't care if it hurts or not. Yeah, yeah. My dad <laughs> and, it, and it's nice. It's it's beautiful to have that as well. 
Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you, you know, getting in touch with your emotions and intention, is it hard to teach some, because I always admired actors that could cry from, from anywhere. Is, is that a hard, hard thing to learn? Some actors, when you start getting paid for it, you start realizing which, which row of audition people you're in as you're going for auditions. And there are the criers. I'm, I'm not being funny. It's the truth. And they oftentimes end up in soap operas. And then there are the funny people who can be funny because not everybody's funny. Having said that, as I mentioned, actors are emotional athletes and there are techniques and ways to connect to the inner self and put yourself in that situation and start crying. There are techniques to everything. Now, one step further, I want to say, I deal with a lot of tech people here in, in the Bay Area and in Silicon Valley, San Francisco area, and um, a lot of engineers. And when I say you've got to feel it to get it, you've got to feel it to get it, that may not resonate with them. But I'll yeah. say have an awareness of when you're experiencing this. Have an awareness of when you're feeling this. And then that sort of leads them into learning what a feeling feels like because there's only so many emotions you know, anger, sadness, happiness, but, but feelings are derivatives of the, of those emotions and, uh, they're message senders. So we need to pay attention to them. It's helpful information. Yeah, it is. And one final question, and then I'll let you go to enjoy the day. One thing that I ask all my guests is, People that are listening now, they're still here. They want to create a good life and go after their dreams. What's the first thing they can do right after this show to get started on their goals and dreams? Do something nice for somebody. Just do something nice for somebody. Then that starts the juices and the energy and the positive creativity flowing. I love that. And, and it creates a chain of emotion, right? Yeah. Billy, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. If people want to connect with you and learn more about what you do, where, where's the best place to find you? They can go to www.billysheppard.com. Awesome. Thanks again. And I want to thank everybody that are still here listening uh, with us. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy this conversation. As you probably know by now, I, I want to help and inspire 10 million people to transform their lives in 10 years. I can't do it myself. And I'm super glad you're with me on this journey and that you're taking action that we don't charge anything for this. The only thing that I want you to do is to give us some love. If you enjoy this conversation, share it with somebody, you know, give us a review so more people can, can enjoy our conversations here. And, and at the end of the day, creating a little better place in this world with more happiness, more success. And when I talk about success, I talk success 
for you? What does that mean for you? It doesn't have to be a, a Ferrari or, or having millions of, of dollars. It could be anything that makes you happy, like hugging your mom, calling a friend, you know, going to a, the coffee shop and get that nice coffee, which I'm going to do after this. I'm, 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 I'm really excited for that. And, you know, just enjoying the day. So thank you, everybody. Take care and hope to see you guys soon.